Hello and welcome to another episode of the Case Covered Podcast. Uh, this is Brent Maycock and I'm here with my co-hosts uh, Mac Moore, Scott Pask, and Rick Peterson Jr. And uh, this is our podcast that we do on a bi-weekly basis where we break down high school athletics and activities from across the state. Uh, before we get started, once again, the intro song that you heard is a beat created by Jacob Mann, who is a senior at Lewisburg High School. Uh, Mann was one of our featured uh, Cat-Fed True Blue Students of the Week uh, about a month ago, and uh, he has released a track called Take a Breath uh, on uh, music streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify. So check uh, Jacob's work out there, and uh, you can find the link to the full song. And uh, We'll get right into it. Uh, we are deep in the midst of championship season for fall sports. Uh, we've already had three down. And we've got several more to go. And before we look ahead to the ones coming up this weekend, let's take a look at the ones uh, that we had teased uh, in our last podcast, uh, state golf, state tennis, and state gymnastics. And we'll start with the the first of those was state tennis. Uh, We had a gorgeous weather weekend for state tennis. And uh, Class 6A, Mac was at Class 6A watching uh, Shawnee Mission East doubles team make history. Yeah, uh, that one played out, uh, you know, about as you expected. Uh, once again, the Shawnee Mission East doubles teams not only win, they win way too fast. Uh, I made sure to get out to regionals and get photos of them because I knew even with state, they would just win at a ridiculous pace in the uh, in the semifinals. So I, I knew I wouldn't be able to get around to them. Uh Bryson Langford and Greta Steckschulte uh, get themselves into the finals for the fourth straight year. Uh, they end up for the third straight year having to face uh, Abby Long and Katie Schmidt and beat their own teammates to win it. And I mean, even that match went at a record pace until like the final point uh, for them to get uh, the match. They uh, finally, uh, I think they were up. I want to say love 40 with Katie Schmidt serving and uh, Schmidt and long tied it up. And I think they probably had uh, it was a double digits for deuce points uh, before. Finally, I took like 18 videos thinking I'd get their final point in high school tennis. Uh, I still didn't. I finally gave up and just started doing photos again. And that's when uh, they end up getting the point and winning. So that was very fun. And then on the, the single side was where more of the competition was. Uh, Kinley Van Pelt, Free State in singles, going up uh, against Emily Shazan of Blue Valley Northwest. And, uh, you know, it, that was one where we didn't know quite what Van Pelt would look like because throughout the high school season, uh, undefeated, but didn't face uh, either uh, Shazan or uh, Harkin. Uh, as the the two girls that were in the state final the previous year. Uh, But once that uh, match happened, uh, you know, Shazan ends up beating Harkin in the semifinals and uh, you get Van Pelt uh, going up against Shazan in the, in the, the final Uh, it it was back and forth early. And then you started to see Van Pelt really pull herself away. uh, And, and by the end of it, you know, she finishes that second set six, one wins five straight, uh, to, to close it out. And that's a sophomore who didn't get a play last season due to an injury, uh, but uh, is looking to finish an undefeated high school career. If she can go three Pete, uh, she still won't beat out somebody in her family, her 
aunt Brittany Dietz uh, has like the all time record, 149 and 0 high school career uh, down in, uh, up in Osborne. So uh, yeah, she's, she's got the challenge of chasing somebody she never can actually catch up with because she didn't get to play her freshman year. Yeah, I'll take it from here on to, at 5A. It was pretty much a day for the, the or a weekend for the hometown teams. Uh, Andover uh, successfully defended its 5A team title um, at the at just a beautiful district facility in Andover, uh, down by Andover Central High School. Uh, the Trojans, uh, after winning last year, after clinching the team title basically on the first day last year, they had a little extra work to do on day two uh, this year, but got all four of their entries through the second day. Um, Got a fourth place and eleventh place finish in, in singles, and then a fifth place and a, and a third place finish uh, from Anna Jittaway and Brooke Walker in, in doubles. So uh, the Trojans go back to back again. Uh, uh, Coach Steven Alexander told me it, he didn't sleep as well uh, on Friday night this year as he did last year, just because of the way that things played out. But uh, uh, the reason that played out that way is because the 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 rivals across town Andover Central, uh, you know, did what they could do to 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 make Andover sweat, and they got all they they qualified four double or their two doubles entries, and both of them made it to the finals, uh, where where uh, senior Maya Chan and and sophomore Bryn, uh, Bryn Joffrey, who were finalists last year, uh, they took the title this year, uh, defeating their teammates, uh, seniors Grace Schaefer and McKinley Evans in a three set final, so. Uh, Andover Central gets to state with four players, and they score the maximum they could with 30 points, which was just off of uh, Andover's 37. Um, in the in the singles bracket, a pretty intriguing matchup in the final between Carroll Jr. Bishop Carroll Jr. Bryn Steven uh, and Siemens Lauren Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney, of course, was part of the unbeaten doubles duo as a junior and won won the 5A title. Uh, was trying to get it done in singles this year, and and actually won the first set of their of the final with Steven. Um, Six six four, and then Stephen uh, kind of grinded her way through the second set to even the match at six four, and then then Stephen really took it from there and just played an outstanding third set, uh, going six love uh, to to get her first title after after fish, finishing second to to Capens Reagan Balesti last year. So uh, some f- some f- familiar faces there at at five a, uh, you know, and, and look for Andover to be really strong again. All six of those players that qualified for state were underclassmen. And, and uh, so the Trojans are very deep and, and, and probably ready, you know, pretty primed to, re- to make a run at a three-peat next year. You know, I was in class four up at uh, Harmon Park in Prairie Village, and uh, it was kind of the Hayden Invitational up there as uh, Hayden swept the team titles, the singles champion, and the doubles championship um, to uh, really run away with the class 4A title this year. Uh, Ainsley Zulueta gets her second straight singles championship, and she beat uh, Chapman's Elisa Freeze in the in the finals. And Freeze and uh, Wichita Trinity's Isabella Sebas just had a marathon semifinal match. The scores don't really suggest, uh, you know, a, it would be a long match, six three zero six six one, but their volleys were just incredibly long. The ma- semifinal match took three hours. And I was watching it, and at one point I counted uh counted the shots on a volley, and it was like upward of like seventy three shots back and forth before somebody finally scored the point to win that to win just that that point of the match. So it was a grueling semifinal, and then uh, Freeze really played well in the in the championship, but Zulueta got on a little bit of a roll and and beat her for the final final six two six three, and in the doubles, uh, Lauren Sandstrom and Emily Sheets from from Hayden. Uh, they beat 
Sophia Majors and Darcy Dunn of Wichita Trinity in the final 6-3, 6-3 to cap their season. So Hayden has a really great tournament, and all of them are underclassmen, that, uh, those state champions. So Zuluetta is a sophomore this year, so she's two for two in her career. And then Sandstrom's a junior, and Sheets is a sophomore. So they'll, uh, they'll have all their champions back as of next year. Uh, that was first team title for Hayden in their girls' tennis state history so they finally get to hang a banner in a gym that's full of uh, state championship banners and other sports at Hayden so that was uh, pretty much what happened at 4A with Hayden dominance completely yeah and I was at 3-2-1-A in uh, Topeka no surprise there Collegia just dominated uh, you know Emma Matavani wins her third straight title but she really really had to work for this one uh, you know she I know she had a tough quarterfinal match against Shea Kramer from Marysville then uh, in the final, really pushed by Katie Weiss from Sacred Heart. Uh, you know, Montavani just dominated the first set, and Katie really turned it around and kind of stole the momentum. Um, you know, in talking to Emma, she she got a little bit more aggressive and started to go for things a little bit more in the third set and, uh, you know, really put it away nicely. But obviously just a tremendous career for her. Uh you know, then on the doubles on the double side, um, you had an all collegiate final. Um, really, two collegiate teams that are close together. Um, sophomores Laney Conrad and Julia Herman defeated uh, seniors Kenzie Nichols and Tatum Bargava. Uh, Bargava and Nichols actually won that match in the regional final. So, uh, you know, I, in talking to the collegiate coaches, they knew that was going to be a really close match, and I thought. Uh, you know, key moment, uh, Conrad and Herman got down 4-1 in the second set, and then they just found the momentum and never really lost it, won the next five games to to win the title there. Um, you know, overall, I think this is Dave Hawley's 58th state title between boys and girls, which is just, just <laughs> I don't mean, what, what can you say about that? That's just crazy, crazy, crazy. So, um you know, obviously a tremendous showing for them, and I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the collegiate run, whether they're in 3A or 4A, is uh, is pretty impressive. So your your 6A state tennis champions in 6A, you had Shawnee Mission East, 5A Andover, 4A Hayden, and 3A Wichita Collegiate. Uh, congratulations to all those schools and all the state champions in tennis this year. A uh, couple days after that, the weather turned, and we had some chilly state golf tournaments. But uh, the girls really grinded through, and I thought the scores uh, really were pretty pretty good considering the really windy and cool conditions on Monday and then colder conditions with a little less wind on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, for the team races, most of them weren't really, uh, weren't really close. Um, but for some of the individual titles, we had some really great, uh, really great battles. And, Probably the, the one that was just most intriguing was uh, Class 5A, but we'll start in Class 6A where uh, we had a little the, – the girl that won it is somebody we thought might win it, but just kind of took an unconventional path to get there. Mac, you want to talk about uh, Shawnee Mission East and Ella Slicker? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with just a, a Lathan Northwest, the team race. I was a little – you know, I, I went in thinking, okay, Northwest has it most likely – uh, slicker, uh, for Shawnee Mission East is probably the most likely for individual, but once you got through regionals and Olathe West, uh, took down Olathe Northwest, I was like, okay, maybe it's not as clear cut because the, the numbers to the regular season 
uh, seemed like uh, Northwest would, would have it. Uh, but, you know, Slicker still would probably be the, the top one. So we get into a day of golf and Slicker ends up finishing with, uh, well, I think, 78 on the first day. She was in seventh place. And I was like, well, I got none of this right. Like, my predictions are horrible for 6A golf this year. Uh, by the end of it, Olathe Northwest runs away with the, the team race. And, you know, I was, I was keeping an eye on Slicker. I was trying to stay with the top pack. Uh, there you have uh, Claire Burkwest uh, of Free State. Uh, you got Slicker's teammate, uh, Ingrid Blacketer, uh, was actually leading through the first day. I thought there would be a Lancer with a 71. I thought it was going to be Slicker. Nope. Uh, it was it was Ingrid that finished day one with that 71 to lead the pack. Uh, and then uh, a couple Olathe uh, West uh, golfers, Savannah Cagle and, uh, and Liz Lyons were up at the top. Uh, but I, I just kept an eye on Slicker, and every time there'd be an update, you know, you guys see it every time. It's a you know three holes at a time at best uh, as it's updated on Arcacia.org site, and I just kept watching Slicker moving up the leaderboard. Just kept kept getting par, kept getting eagle, just kept finding a way to to cut what was a pretty big lead uh, and some tough golfers. It's not that they had necessarily uh, you know bad scores from that lead pack, but uh, Slicker hit that. Uh, magical number, which works great as a writer when you're uh, just super excited for lucky number 71. Thing writes itself when she hits that number once again. I think that was like her fifth or sixth time this year hitting that number. Uh, and and she pulls it out by by one stroke, uh, almost had a playoff. Free States, Claire, Burkwest. Uh, if she would have uh, just been able to make uh, that final putt uh, on the first try, she would have turned it into a playoff instead. Uh, Three-person tie with Ingrid Blackader and uh, Olathe Northwest sophomore uh, Avery Hirschman. Uh, and they don't do playoffs for second place, which you know made everybody really sad. But Slicker ends up getting the victory there. Yeah, down in Heston, as you said, Brent, uh, pretty intriguing battle, especially for that individual title. And, and, and no surprise, it was between the defending champion, uh, Kinsley Jones of Mays, a sophomore, and, and fellow sophomore Meg Tilma of Cape and Mount Carmel. Uh, those two, those two have just been doing incredible things all all fall. Well, even you know, way before that. I mean, they're they're summer golf. Uh, they, they compete against each other. Have even competed with each other uh, in the past. And and uh, it was you know I, I I joined them at the ninth hole right after and, and Tilma uh, stuffed an approach shot on a par four to about three feet, tapped it in for birdie to to tie. Uh, to tie the individual race, and I thought, okay, I know I'm in the right place, and I know what I'm going to be doing. You know, book book me for the next couple hours. I'm I'm going to watch this head-to-head duel, and it it uh, you know it continued uh, well into the to uh, the final nine holes, and and uh, they were they were actually tied with three holes to go, and and Jones just kind of separated herself to win her second straight title just by being steady and and making pars. She got the ball on the green uh, on the last three holes in regulation, and. And Tilma missed those greens and couldn't get up and down, and and the, the thus the three a three shot victory for for Kinsley, who's who's a grandpa uh, Greer Jones is a former PGA Tour player, uh, so Kinsley's two for two on state titles as a sophomore, and and uh, just another sensational season for her. Uh, Tilma's consolation prize is that Capen uh, got the three peat in the team competition. Um, she she led the way. Uh, there with her second place finish, and, and senior Alexa Garrett uh, was also in the t- in the top five, and and uh, Alexa's uh, w- was part of each of those three championship teams that that Capen's had the last three years. Uh, it was Capen's ninth overall team title, 
uh, but seventh, they're seventh since 2013. So that that program really is on a is on a roll right now in in 5A golf. <clears throat> they end up winning after after winning by 89 uh, strokes last year and in, in just a runaway uh, you know runaway finish. They, they end up winning by 25 this year uh, over Emporia, which was, was a, a really neat story down at 5A this this year. Um, Emporia started the, the second day in, in fourth place and climbed up into second uh, for their best finish in school history. And and uh, Coach Rick Eckert's daughters, Avery, uh, Olivia, and Annalise, all finished in the top 15. So uh, you, you talk about a proud dad moment. That was that was Coach Eckert for sure on, on the final day. So Emporia finishes second um, in the team competition. And, and Mays, uh, Jones leads Mays to a third-place finish. So uh, – not quite the runaway that it was in 2021 in 5A. Uh, the the real runaway, I would say, probably is where where you were at, Brent. Yeah, indeed it was. You know, uh, we we thought all year Wamigo was the team to beat uh, in Class 4A after winning last year, returning just about everybody. And then, you know, some teams came up with some nice scores towards the end of the season that made you think, well, maybe maybe Wamigo might get challenged a little bit by somebody like Hayden or Winfield or Wellington. Uh, you know, some teams that really came on strong towards the end of the season. And, uh, well, you're talking about coming on strong. Uh, Wamingo just went out and dropped the hammer. Uh, first day, they go out, they put three in the top five and uh, take a 44-shot lead into the second day. And and uh, to their credit, they didn't rest on those laurels at all. They came back the second day, and I talked to Ashton Pearson, their senior. She said, we treated it like we were behind, and we wanted to come out and, and just make sure we uh, – got the job done again on second day and, and they did it again. They, they, uh, they put up a 44 stroke advantage over Winfield again and end up winning by 88 shots, which is just mind boggling. Uh, only Capen's 89 stroke victory last year is, that is a bigger margin since the state's gone to a two day format. So uh, I know Kirsty Miller, the head coach of Wamigo, she, she asked, well, hey, what did Capen win by last year? That's at 89. And she's like, oh, man. So they were wanting to, wanting to get that overall record. Uh, but uh, pretty good consolation. They, they not only win the team title, but freshman Addison Douglas, who just had a great year this year, caps it with running away with the individual state title. She shoots a 150 over the two days and wins by 17 shots, uh, which is a monstrous gap. In the uh, in the individual race, uh, teammate Ashton Pearson takes second with the 167. I know she didn't wasn't happy with how she played on the second day, but she did enough to hold off defending champion Hayden York and Tonga Noxie who took third. And then Kirby McKee finishes fifth for Wamigo. Uh, Sarah Springer takes 14th. Trista Hubler takes 17th. So they put five in the top 20. That's just how dominant Wamigo was this year. Uh, so. Very impressive performance. Uh, the last time they played down at Emporia, Wamigo had the lead after the first day and, and lost it. And and uh, I think Winfield ended up getting them that year. And they uh, went back with a vengeance and just laid laid domination to the field. And it was it was impressive. Uh, you know, Douglas will be back next year, but they'll lose Pearson and they'll lose McKee and they'll lose Hubler. So they'll have two of their top uh, top finishers coming back next year. They'll have to find some pieces to go with them. But very impressive performance by Wamigo in Class 4A. And and almost as impressive, Ricky, was uh, Pittsburgh Colgan in, in Class 3 one a Yeah. Uh, you know, Scott mentioned a proud dad moment. It was a proud mom moment uh, for Colgan's coach, uh, Kim Skripsik. Her daughter pl- played really great, finished second. Um, to lead the Colgan Panthers to their third straight title. 
you know, just a great senior class. Colgan's only had a program for four years, and now they've had three state titles. Uh, just kind of wanted to give a shout-out to their seniors. Uh, like I mentioned, Allie Scripps, Audrey Getting, Zoe Smith, and Greta Ison. Uh, just just tre- a tremendous run there for them. And then, uh, you know, not a lot of drama – not a lot of drama in the team race or the or the uh, individual race, but the there was some good golf. Um, Margaret Olick, o, Margaret Ulrich, um, she had an eight eight shot lead after day one, and she was never really didn't play quite as well in day two, but was never really in danger. I think at one point it did get down to a five shot leading in Scripsick, but had a really solid back back nine, and you know, like I said, was never really her title was never really in jeopardy. Um, that's her second straight title. And, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, Colgan ends up winning by 57 shots over Colby. Colby's now finished runner up four, four years in a row. Um, and Anna Starbuck led them now. She, now Starbuck has placed as one state as a freshman finished second as a sophomore and was third as a junior. So we'll see what she can do as a senior, but, uh, yeah, overall some, some good golf at three, two, one a as well. Yep. So your girls golf teams are Lake Northwest and six A, Cape and Mount Carmel five A, Wamigo four A, St. Mary's Colgas three two one A. Congratulations again to those teams and to the individuals that uh, also captured state titles in golf. And then we've had one more state championship contested already, and that was gymnastics, which just uh, took place last weekend. And Mac was there to watch uh, watch some really good uh, gymnasts go at it again this year. Yeah, and it. it the one takeaway I'd have, you know, it, was, it felt like deja vu, you know, it was uh, Olathe North uh, again, able to, to come out on top, edging out Olathe West. It was the same result as last year. Uh, but although it, it felt the same in, in a lot of ways, you know, uh, there were, you know, clear differences. One being that uh, Olathe North last year was led by uh, Ella Margheim, who uh, set the all time record uh, for the all around uh, swept, uh, all four events and, uh, you know, uh, this year, that's not how the Eagles were able to pull it off. They needed uh, a full team effort to, uh, keep themselves, uh, in front of Olathe West. And, uh, they, they were able to do that. Uh, they ended up being led by senior Riley Johnner. She took fourth place in the all around. Uh, but then they went, uh, four, five and six, uh, Greer Moyer took fifth and, uh, Lindsay Ray took sixth. And, you know, that that was uh, crazy to think they were able to pull that off, uh, mostly because as much as it's starting to feel like uh, kind of a dynasty for them, they hadn't won a state title, uh, Olathe North hadn't, uh, since I, I believe it was 1990, uh, you know, a long time ago. And when they won, uh, they did it as a combined team with Olathe South. Uh, when those teams split, Olathe South won a couple more, but uh, Olathe North had not won one until last season, and to, to knock off uh, two in a row was a pretty big deal. Uh, and a lot of it was because uh, it, it wasn't easy. Olathe West was uh, breathing down their neck. Uh, uh, Alexis Purdy, uh, senior for for the Owls, she's been runner-up now uh, two years in a row. She she had a, a a tie in this one tied with free state senior, uh, Maya day. Uh, but, uh, you know, Purdy had the goal. She wanted to win the all around. She wanted to win, uh, the, the team title and, and 
she came just short of both of those. Uh, but she did have uh, her own special moment at state, which uh, was another deja vu. It felt a lot like Margheim's uh, final there. Purdy got to be the last one uh, on the, the floor exercise. Uh, got to finish it out. And, uh, you know, if you've ever seen these gymnastic teams, uh, they, they do a lot of the, the same routine throughout the year and they keep trying to perfect it by the time they get to state. And with the Latha teams, you know, they all practice together. They all practice with Amanda Harrington as their coach. So uh, they're a really tight knit bunch. But I think even when it goes to the, the Shawnee Mission schools and uh, the two Lawrence schools and Emporia and, and Newton, uh, they're all very uh, – much like a family. They all support each other. And when Purdy was doing her floor routine, they all knew the routine. They're all around the mats and they're basically miming the moves as she's doing it. And, you know, the crowd is getting psyched and getting into it. Uh, you know, it's just this great moment for Purdy. So even though she didn't get the win there, uh, you know, it, it, it it's a quite a sight to see, it, you know, uh, these guys, the, the, these athletes are very competitive, but in gymnastics, they're always rooting for each other to do as well as possible. And, and to see that those are uh, some, some really, uh, you know, great moments there at gymnastics. Um, I mentioned Maya Day getting the uh, second overall, so Free State uh, got third place team trophy, getting back up there after uh, just barely missing it last year with fourth place. They were the state champ back in 2020, so uh, they, there are a lot of good teams and a lot of teams that are going to have uh, you know some really talented gymnasts going forward, one of them being the one who won the all-around title, uh, Emmy Keller uh, of Olathe Northwest. They actually finished – uh, last in the team race, but, uh, you know, she's someone who got, uh, you know, third last year, uh, wasn't sure if she could close that gap on Alexis Purdy, but she was able to do so mostly through vault. Uh, that was one where she had, uh, Keller had struggled a little bit this year, but she knew if she could get it right on this one. Uh, she, she'd be able to most likely get that, that all around, uh, title and when she goes up hits the board does the flip and you know uh, you could hear it in the gym there wasn't a lot of noise at the moment there wasn't music going for another floor routine at the time so all you heard was her feet smash into that mat and her arms go in the air she waves to the crowd uh and i think everybody kind of knew at that moment that she was gonna uh win that all around which makes the the next moment even you know uh that much more fit my point earlier uh once she hugs her coach and she hugs her teammates uh the first one in line to hug her and congratulate her is alexis purdy uh knowing that that most likely was going to edge her out of the all around crown so uh yeah Gymnastics, definitely a very team oriented, very family atmosphere and getting to see Emmy Keller pull that off should be exciting to see what she's able to do uh, over the, the next couple of years. She's also a, a wrestler and she's in track, so uh, she might get a, a lot of state hardware uh, before she's done with her Ravens career. All right. Good stuff from gymnastics. Uh, congratulations to Olathe North. There's team champion Emmy Keller, your all around uh, from Olathe Northwest. Uh, now we've got two more uh, sports. We'll wrap up their seasons this weekend. We have state volleyball begins Friday tomorrow uh, in sites across Kansas, 6A, 5A at Salina. 
4A, 3A in Hutchinson, 2A, 1A Division One in Dodge City, and 1A Division Two in Emporia. And we'll start with Class 6A. And, uh, you know, last year, I think everybody thought Washburn Rural would win it. They go to state undefeated. They make it through pool play undefeated. And then uh, they just didn't they just didn't show up as, as they had on the last day of the season last year, and they end up taking four. So they go into final day of the season undefeated and, and drop both their matches on the last day um, to, to finish fourth place. This year, Whirl is ranked number one again, seeded number one again. They do have a loss on the record, so they don't have that burden of being undefeated. But uh, they've got a little bit of hunger with them this year. Uh, Kevin Bordewick picked up career win number 1,000 during the regular season. And uh, the Junior Blues look like the team to beat, but that's where they were last year. And I think, uh, you know, the field is good enough that that they're going to have to go out and earn it. And, and Mac, you've got some teams from the Kansas City area, especially the Blue Valley trio of Blue Valley, Blue Valley North, and – and Blue Valley West that uh, bring a lot of tradition to the state tournament and will be doing their best. And they, and a couple of them have already pulled off minor surprises in the sub-state play. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned Washburn Rural not able to, to get that uh, state title last year. That was because uh, it ended up becoming an all Blue Valley final, Blue Valley North and, and, and Blue Valley West make it in there. And uh, you know, Blue Valley North gets the, the, the title and, uh, you know, going into this year, I think Blue Valley North had enough pieces coming back that you probably thought they were going to be better than what their record ended up being as they, uh, you know, uh, slide down that east bracket seating. Uh, Blue Valley West, uh, you know, they they get themselves in the final finish runner up and they had seven seniors graduate. So uh, it's going to be tough for them to to get back. Uh might be even harder because uh, their coach uh, Jessica Horsick uh, is actually uh, pregnant and ends up delivering her baby uh, mid-season. So she's been on maternity leave since uh, late September, like September twenty-third, maybe, uh, and still has only missed like one tournament, one or two matches because uh, she's not coaching. She's just in the stands every time, uh, cheering on her Jaguars. Uh, they end up getting the, the upset over, uh, Olathe West, the uh, number one seed in the, the East bracket. Uh, they are, you know, still going without their coach. She plans on being there with the kid, hopefully in Jaguars gear, cheering them on, uh, Blue Valley North as the reigning champs, uh, they end up pulling off what you might argue would be a, a bigger upset because it was the number two seed Olathe Northwest. Uh, that, that's a team that I think, uh, most people expected to be at state, but when you get put in a bracket like that, uh, only one of those two teams could move on and it ends up being blue Valley North. Uh, you know, that's a team that, uh, like I said, uh, they didn't lose as many pieces as blue Valley West did. They still, uh, have, uh, Logan parks and Janelle green leading them. Uh, Logan parks did miss some games in the middle of the season, and that might have been uh, a little reason why they weren't as highly seated uh, as they were. But uh, they're playing the type of volleyball that they played to win that state title last year. So uh, don't look at the record and don't look at the the reseeding at the state level as thinking, oh, this isn't a, a you know front runner. That is a really good Blue Valley North team uh, that will be playing uh, – 
you know, this weekend trying to win their second straight state title. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, Class 6A field. You know, Washburn Rural will open state play against Blue Valley West, and that's the team that beat them in the semifinals last year in an epic three-set uh, semifinal. It was a great match. Last game goes 28-26 of that, of that match. And so they'll get a shot right away to kind of exercise one of those demons um, out, out of state. Other teams in the 6A field, you got Wichita Northwest is the number two seed at 33-4. and four. Mill Valley, the three seed at 30 and eight. Liberal is there, 27 and eight. Uh, Blue Valley, which was the 2019 Class 6A state champion, they're back, 28 and nine mark. And then in addition to Blue Valley North and Blue Valley West, you also have Free State there at 25 and 12. And they'll have the morning session out in Salina. The afternoon session will belong to Class 5A. And uh, I think everybody will be surprised if it's not a St. Thomas Aquinas, St. James final, but I think you're surprised any year when it's not St. Thomas Aquinas, St. James final. Uh, the two, just two, maybe the best two programs in the state uh, over the last decade. Uh, their their success has been unparalleled, uh, just tremendous, and they, they look like they're on a collision course again this year. Yeah, you know, you talk about it in the five A, and and I'll I'll defer to Mac here in a bit to talk about those two heavyweights in five A. I was just looking through the history, and and it's where it's one of those sports where the Wichita area, the South Central Kansas area, is is uh, it's been a while since they've cracked that. Uh, you know, you know, crack that egg in 5A, the last uh, the last 5A school uh, down in the Wichita area to, to win the state title was Bishop Carroll in 2001. So that kind of speaks to the dominance that you've been that you're talking about up there with with Aquinas and, and St. James. And, um, you know, I think that to, to carry the South Central Kansas banner, I think they're just trying to do it in numbers. A lot of these teams that are going to be there trying to 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 break through that dominance and, you know, include Hutchinson, who's who qualified in the 6A tournament last year and, and they're down to 5A and, and, and back in, um, you know, they got an outstanding hitter in, in Malia Johnson and, and uh, Nickerson transfer, Josie McLean's the, the setter for them. So they're, they've at least got that experience of being there last year and, and maybe that'll help them out. Uh, Carol, that last team to win back uh, 21 years ago, um, you know, they've been to state darn near every year since then. So uh, that's a team that's, that at least, is comfortable when they walk in the gym there and, and uh, you know, whether they have the, the firepower to, to, to crack through to that second day, we'll see. Uh, May South and Andover Central are a couple of Lark Valley teams uh, that won their respective uh, league titles. And, and uh, May South is, is making its fifth straight uh, trip, really trying to elevate itself, uh, you know, after going, you know, 0-3 in pool play last year, they're looking to, to get up there uh, and Andover Central uh, has a really good class of seniors that, that that's carried them through. So, so, uh, you know, this isn't the only sport where that's happened, where, where the, you know, maybe the Wichita area team has struggled to, to, to break through at a, at a high level. Uh, but it won't be because they're, they're not represented this year. They're certainly, um, you know, they're certainly going to bring the numbers there. But, but Mac, uh, you know, with, with Aquinas and St. James, it's obviously uh, a pretty tall task for any, any of the others in the field. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, just uh, Aquinas alone last three seasons, a uh, hundred and two in nine uh, record. Uh, j- crazy. The uh, only uh, two losses. They got two losses to Washburn Rural. Uh, they have a loss to Blue Valley West last year. Uh, those are all of the losses to Kansas schools uh, over the last three seasons. 
So Aquinas uh, has just been on a dominant run. And, uh, you know, it was, I, I think it was pretty surprising to, to end up seeing they didn't uh, make that final, got knocked out by St. James in the semifinal last year. Uh, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising because uh, St. James has made the final uh, in the la- each of the last 15 seasons except uh, for 2020. That is the only time they didn't make it in the final. Uh, so that is a, just an incredible run that they've had uh, in that time frame. And, and for the two of them to, to, to be still as good this year as they are, uh, you know, maybe even better, you know, uh, St. James adds uh, Julia Headley. Uh, she was a freshman at Olathe Northwest doing some damage, sat out last year as a transfer uh, and is now on there for, for St. James. Uh, for, for Aquinas, uh, I think the joke was that uh, Kelsey Schneck, uh, Jr. for the Saints, uh, she just never loses. Uh, she's also on the basketball team. And so she's just had so many state titles already, so many uh, you know state appearances. Uh, she's also on the softball team. So as a freshman, they're not a tradition. That's the one thing that's not a traditional power for them is uh, the softball team. They made it to state her freshman year. So uh, until they ended up losing against St. James in that semifinal last year, uh, they hadn't lost very much. And so you have a really talented team uh, that plays at this level consistently and now has motivation, really wants to get back. And they, they've beat St. James three times in the regular season over the last two years, but they don't care. They want that win over them at state. So uh, if they do end up facing the final, expect that one to be uh, pretty electric. Yeah, it should be a it should be a great uh, match if those two end up meeting each other. And and but we got to talk about uh, Lansing as well. You know, this is a program that isn't a defending state champion. They finally cracked the uh, cracked the St. James St. Aquinas they code and uh, and got their first state title last year after years of knocking on the door. And uh, you know they had such a senior dominated team last year and and a, a great coach and Lindsey Zeke who uh, played at Bishop Miege and. So they graduated all those seniors. Zeke goes back to coach her alma mater at Miege, and and Lansing kind of comes into the season with a lot of unknowns. And they're back at state. Uh, Jason Jones, who is the boys' basketball coach at Seaman, or at, at Lansing, I'm sorry, he and his wife step in and kind of take uh, take on the volleyball program, co-coach, and their daughter's a senior playing this year, and and they're back. And, you know, I don't know if people thought Lansing could get back with as much as they graduated off last year, but it just shows where their program's at, that they're able to really reload. And, and uh, you know, they'll come in as a seventh seed, but they also come in having made the, the state semifinals the last five years and, and including a couple runner-up finishes before finally breaking through last year. So, uh, you know, never count out Lansing. I, I know they haven't uh, haven't been the power this year that they've been in the past, but you know, team knows how to win state, and they've got players on that team that knows what it takes. So they'll be a tough out. And then Seaman was fourth at state last year, and they're back as the number six seed um, in Class Five A tournament. So a really good field in Class Five A. Um, you know, I think you know, like I said, we expect Aquinas and St. James, but there's some very capable teams there that, if they have off days, are capable of stepping up. And you know, looking at four A out in Hutchinson Sports Arena. It's going to take a really big off day, I think, for uh, for anybody to conquer the, the defending champs there in Andale, which is the only undefeated team in the state left at 39-0. and 0. And, Scott, you got to see Andale play in person this year. 
how impressive is this bunch? Yeah, just a just a powerful, uh, strong group. I mean, it's it's that uh, you watch them play, and there's there's kind of a you almost expect kind of a rock and roll soundtrack, a heavy metal soundtrack to be playing in the background because they they really attack the net. Um, you know, they one of the best athletes in the state, Mackenzie Fairchild's their 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 leader, along with uh, fellow senior Matty Schrant, and uh, you know they they played. I saw them play Circle, who's another uh, 4A qualifier, and Circle actually beat Andale last year in pool play. Uh, at the state tournament, a really good team. And, and uh, um, it was one of the few times that, that Andale faced a, a true test this season and, and they trailed in both sets. And, uh, but there's a, there's kind of a, um, you know, they, they've got a large group of seniors and there's kind of a, this poise that they're, they're never, they, it, they're very hard to rattle. I think that's kind of the one thing that I noticed in, in watching them play against circle. And, and uh, you know, they've only been pushed to push to three sets one time this year and over central took them to three sets. Uh, but in the in the substate final, Abilene uh, stepped up and and forced them uh, to really work in the first set. It was a thirty-one to twenty-nine game, and Andell faced some set points and had to overcome that. Uh, I was talking with Kaylee Bergkamp, their coach, the other day, and and uh, you know it's 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 what you find about these teams that that are these unbeaten one-loss teams. They really really embrace the challenge I think when they're tested and I think that's what that's kind of what Andale's going to bring into this uh, this 4A tournament now you know they're they're wearing the shoes that Washburn Rural was wearing in, in 6A last year does that pressure uh, you know eventually take hold and uh, you know as, as the state's lone unbeaten team and and I think Acacia records show there's been 33 teams in state history that have that have completed unbeaten seasons they're trying to become the 34th you don't know how heavily that's going to weigh on their mind but but uh, they'll certainly, you know, they'll certainly be put in their place real quick if, if they if they are having an off day because their first pool play test is against Bishop Miege, which, uh, you know, Miege comes in with a 16 and 21 record. It's not the first time they've come to state with a with a below 500 record. But, uh, uh, you know, they're you know, that's the, the product of, of constant tests in the Eastern Kansas League. And, and uh, uh, Miege has been a nemesis of Andales in, in the past. So. So I expect Andale to be sharp. They're certainly, uh, you know, they, they know their opponent well that they're going to face right off the bat. And, uh, but it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, if, if they can meet that challenge of trying to become an unbeaten team. It was, it was a hurdle to get over for them last year to, to finally win the state title. And you kind of wondered, okay, what's the encore? Well, um, you know, 39-0 and going to state, that's the encore. And, and we'll see how it plays out this weekend. Yeah, you know, Bishop Yage obviously lurking as an eight seed is uh, always going to be a dangerous out at state. Uh, you know, they're the programs with the most state titles in state history, uh, well over 20 uh, state championships to their credit. Circle will be a tough team and uh, as the number two seed. You got a trio of Frontier League teams that are there in Paola, Tonganoxie, and Lewisburg. Just not the Frontier League team we expected to be there, which was Baldwin, which had a tremendous season this year, but got upset by Lewisburg in the sub-state finals. So um, we got some Frontier League teams. Uh, Rock Creek had a great year. They're the five seed. Clay Center, they're the three seed. Uh, Clay Center has a state championship here in recent history. So, um, you know, a solid 4A field, but a very solid group behind what is the, appears to be the class of the field in, in Class 4A, which is Zandale. And all at Hutchison Sports Arena, you got Class 3A and – this is a little bit of deja vu. All eight teams that are there in Class 3A were the eight teams representing Class 3A at last year's state tournament. And I don't, I don't ever recall anything like that happening. I'm sure it 
it's happened had to have happened at some point because as soon as you say oh it's never happened somebody says well i remember 1975 that uh, all all the teams were back but uh but just a, a very rare occur- occurrence in, in that all eight teams that played in the 3a tournament are back last year that includes uh the defending champion olathe heritage christian they uh they beat cheney in the finals last year and they've now won two consecutive crowns they won class 2a in 2020 and here they are uh, back to try to go after a second straight title in Class 3A. And the thing about the 3A field that just strikes me is that every team there has 30, 30 wins or more, which is a very impressive field. That means pretty much everybody that was supposed to get through got through to state. Uh, you know, it was a, a very good year in Class 3A. There were some sub-states that were just flat out loaded. I know the the one Olathe Heritage Christian one had three teams there that had 30 wins in that sub-state alone. So uh, 3A was very deep with some good volleyball this year. Number one seed is Nemaha Central. They took an early loss to Royal Valley, but have been on a heck of a roll since. They're 42-1. and one. They have the most wins of any team in the state this year with their 42 wins. Uh, number two seed there is Riverton. Number three is Goodland. Cheney's the four seed. Beloit, which is a, a great team, five seed. Eureka six seed and Smoky Valley the eight seed with Lake Heather Christian seventh seed. So uh, I think you're going to see a really competitive tournament in Class 3A. It won't shock me if, uh, if we're coming down to some kind of tiebreaker at midnight uh, out in, out in Hutchinson trying to figure out who comes out of one of these pools because I can see a lot of uh, a lot of it being maybe a, some some two and one two and one two and one teams in in pool play. Uh, uh, Nemo Central's had a great season. Uh, I think you'll look at them as the favorite, but uh, you know they they haven't gone out and won a title in, in quite some time. Certainly not since they became Nemo Central. Now their past programs, Bayouville and Nemo Valley, are two really tradition rich programs. Uh, then they combined and and they've gotten to state a lot. They just haven't quite pushed through that next level. So it'll be interesting to see if they can. And Riverton in Southeast Kansas has a great senior class. Uh, J.C. Thomas and Morgan Compton leading that team. Uh, and, th- you know, they're trying to make some history with with their program. And Goodland, they were the 3A state basketball champions last year. So they're looking to kind of parlay their last uh, memories of Hutchinson were them walking off the court with a state basketball title. A lot of those girls were on the volleyball team. So they're wanting to kind of rekindle some of those images. Uh, Cheney, always a tough out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a really good loaded field. I think 3A – uh, it's probably the most intriguing tournament of them all. Yeah, a lot, lot of familiarity, as you said, and and uh, you know, Heritage Christian comes in as the as the uh, defending champ, and and Cheney, you know, you mentioned Cheney, there, that's a team that uh, you know made it to the final last year, and they're they're kind of that one that was they're kind of wearing Andale shoes this year. They're trying to break through and 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 win that title. Uh, they've had another great season at thirty five and four. Um, a group of seniors that you know that includes Anna Martin, who's been on all four of these state championship teams. So, you know, you talk about the experience of every team being back. Well, there's experience within experience, and, and Cheney certainly brings that to the table. Um, but yeah, that that was the thing that struck me too about this 3A field is boy, this these teams sound really familiar, and and uh, um, you know a lot of team, a lot of schools that are just on a really good run right now, and, and have good um, you know a lot of veteran players and and. Uh, yeah, when you when you're talking about an entire field that has thirty vict- at least thirty victories, if that's the ticket to get in the door, that's that's a pretty impressive field for sure. I was gonna say another interesting part is uh, Riverton. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, J.C. Thompson uh, and and Morgan Compton. J.C. Thompson uh, is at 
1989 kills. Uh, you got in uh, 6A, Brooklyn delays at, uh, I, I think she's cracked 2,000 so far, right? Career kills. Uh, those two are moving up the all-time state leaderboard at a, a, a crazy pace. And, uh, you know, it, for, for Riverton, I mean, I, I don't even think Thompson is thinking about the kills. She's not worried about that at all. They badly uh, want to make it through pool play after, uh, you know, making it there last year. Uh, they may, they won substate the year before, but end up getting bounced in the uh, quarterfinals of the, you know, COVID pandemic uh, scheduling uh, version of the, the tournament. Uh, so, uh, you know, last year they lost their second game in pool play to Beloit, uh, lost the first set 25, 23, then won the second one, 25, 16, lost the third one, 27, 25. That is stuck with that group all throughout this year. And not only that, they have, uh, improved, uh, their strength of schedule to make sure this group is facing the best possible competition to get them ready, uh, for this year. And despite that increase in, uh, competition, uh, Thompson's kill percentage has increased. Same for EJ Wells, who's the, the next top, uh, kills leader for the team. Uh, they had Compton start at center first time last year going into this year, Compton and Thompson, uh, played on the same club team, uh, over the summer. So they were clicking from the start and that will definitely be uh, a team to watch here as we get into, uh, the state pool play, uh, for that class. Yeah. The, uh, the price of admission, well worth the ticket, uh, down in Hutchinson for that class three, a field, uh, out west, uh, Dodge City's United Wireless Arena will host Class 2A and Class 1A Division One, and we'll have defending champions in both of those tournaments, Smith Center back in Class 2A and Spearville in 1A Division One. And, Ricky, uh, Smith Center lost some lost some pretty key pieces, namely Talon Rentschler, uh, the 2A player of the year last year, off of, off of their title team. But uh, they just have reloaded and look, uh, look to be – you know, one of those teams is capable of going back and winning it again. Yeah. Um, you know, last weekend it was a real momentous occasion for them. Uh, Nick Lynn picks up his 1,000th career win in just really thrilling fashion against a really, really good Ellenwood team there in the sub-state final. Um, you know, and talking to Coach Lynn earlier this week, not that not that he's concerned about milestones, but there was no way he thought he would have a chance to reach that that, that milestone this year just with the just with the amount that they lost, like you mentioned, Talon Rentschler, Ashlyn Long. Uh, they had huge they they this team had huge shoes to fill and they filled them pretty nicely. Um, you know, Cameron Hutchinson also um, she was able to celebrate a big milestone. She became the program's all-time leading assist leader in su- in Substate. So uh, you know, and she's she's kind of their floor general. But they have they have plenty of talented pieces around her. So I think uh, you know Nick Nick Lynn just did an incredible job, like he always does, of getting that that team to reload. Uh, you know, I, I I you know he thinks that they're in a pretty tough pool and. Um, you know, also you got the runner-up Hillsboro. Yeah, as Ricky mentioned, Hillsboro, you know, back as the the runner-up last year to Smith Center, and, and they've had an outstanding season. They've been sitting in the number one spot in the ranking in the coaches' rankings pretty much all season, and and uh, have just one loss. I believe that loss was to was to Circle, and and uh, I think that's a loss they avenged uh, later in the season. But uh, 
Uh, Coach Sandy Arnold has a has a good team with some ex- experience. Um, most notably, her daughter uh, Corey is a libero there, a senior. Uh, some, they've got a couple outstanding juniors in Zaley Worth and Savannah Shahan who are who are uh, you know big parts of what what they do. Uh, you know, down the road from Hillsboro, one of the teams that made it was, that maybe is a little bit of a surprise, but not a total surprise is Inman and. Uh, I say that just because Emmett had lost five matches this season, and three of them just were to Sedgwick, uh, but they happened to beat Sedgwick in in the uh, sub-state final and spoiled an unbeaten season, um, you know, uh, uh, for the Cardinals. Sedgwick was trying to end a end a long state tournament drought and and uh, took it all the way to the sub-state final with an unbeaten record, but Inman got them and uh, on the fourth try. So Inman's back uh, in state for the first time in several years, and um, and then also. Uh, you know, Garden Plain is just another one of those. You, you take, you draw that little circle, little regional circle of Andale, Garden Plain, and Cheney. There's just a lot of outstanding volleyball in about a about a 15 mile circle. And and Garden Plain's a traditional power. Uh, uh, Kaylee Bergkamp, the Andale coach, her mom Gina Clark is the coach at Garden Plain, and and uh, she's won three state titles at, at Garden Plain and has them back in state for the fifth consecutive year. So, uh, you know, Smith Center, if they're going to defend it, they're going to they're going to have to kind of navigate their way through some traditional powers that, that include three from, from the, the South Central Kansas area. Yeah, the rest of the field in Class 2A, you've got Jefferson North at the five seed, Valley Heights is the seven seed, and Pittsburgh St. Mary's Colgan is the eight seed. So uh, strong field in Class 2A and also in Dodge City Class 1A Division One, And, you know, Spearville was your state champion last year, and – they're just the five seed this year with only four losses. Uh, another really strong, uh, especially top-heavy field. The top six seeds in 1A Division One all are 34 and 5 or better. Uh, number one seed is Flint Hills, uh, which is uh, not a program that's steep with tradition, but uh, trying to make some this year. And, and they're a team that enters the state on quite a roll, don't they, Scott? Yeah, 34-match uh, winning streak. Uh, they, they started their season 2-2 two and two with a – with a couple losses to, to one to three, a qualifier Eureka. And, and then Douglas got them and uh, they were battling through some injuries and some roster adjustments in that first tournament. But uh, uh, they flipped the calendar past Labor Day and it's, they've been on a roll and uh, uh, they were a team that, uh, you know, they've made seven state appearances. The, their highest finish is fourth a couple times. And they were actually in it two years ago. Uh, probably had a team last year that could have qualified, but got, got upset in the, in the sub-state semifinals. So uh, Coach Crystal Ratcliffe is in her second year, and, and she's, she's done a good job of kind of carrying on a team that, uh, you know, that has a little bit of uh, winning tradition. And, and uh, you know, they come in as, as probably as, with the spotlight as bright as ever on them being the number one seed this tournament. Yeah, they share the, share the same identical record as Sylvan Lucas, which could have, uh, could have also gone out the one seed. They got the two seed. Uh, they're the Northern Plains champions. Had a, have had a great season. Also uh, in Class One A Division One, you got Pretty Prairie, the three seed at thirty six and four. Little River, um, thirty five and four, uh, a program that's had a great run of success. Uh, Donovan West has really had a strong season, thirty four and five as a six seed. Saint Francis is the seven seed, and Olpe is the eight seed. And then Spearville uh, is the five seed as the defending champs, and and Ricky, uh, you know, they, uh, they've they got the firepower to get it done again. Yeah, for sure. They returned their, two of their best players in Cameron Offerly and Tawny Kraminga. Uh, you know, they, they really just kind of rolled through. I, I, 
uh, you know, I'm just kind of interesting to see how they'll do and if they'll be able, be able to defend. Cause I think that's, I think that's a pretty intriguing tournament too. And also you mentioned Sylvan Lucas, uh, just wanted to give, uh, one of their top players, Keely Noby. Uh, she just had, she's just had a tremendous career for them and they've, you know, they've really taken a, a nice step this year and it'll be, be interesting to see what they do. It will indeed in uh class one, a division two will be played at Emporia's wide auditorium. And, uh, you know, the team that's number one seed there is about 15 minutes away from White. Just played their league tournament there a couple of years ago. So very comfortable with that setting, which is Lebo, which is 39-1. and one. And their only loss this year came to uh, homeschool, NEK Nighthawks. Uh, otherwise, they might be undefeated going to the state. But uh, Lebo's been runner-up the last two years. Uh, finished second in Division One two years ago. Finished runner-up to Hanover last year. And Hanover's back despite losing a great senior class from last year. And they're the two-time defending state champions. So those would be the two uh, two top contenders for the title in, in Class 1 and Division 2 with Attica there right, right there as well. Attica, a very strong program year in and year out. Lost to, to Tamara Lozoya off last year's team, but it's kind of reloaded with some uh, with some other outstanding talent. And they're, gonna, they're there at 38-3, and Hanover 33-5, and Lebo 39-1. Uh, also in the field, you have Beloit St. John's, uh, 31 and 7. Hutchinson Central Christians, the 5 seed. South Central, the 6 seed. Wheatland Grinnell, the 7 seed. And Ingalls, the 8 seed. And, you know, Wheatland Grinnell is a tough 7 seed. That's a program that always does well at state, uh, has, has a very rich tradition out there. And, and if you're looking for a, a spoiler, maybe they, they could be one of the spoilers. Don't you agree, Ricky? Yeah. Uh, yeah, their coaches that. Shannon Foster just does a tremendous job. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know they maybe not the bet, maybe not the usual record they have, but I don't I don't think you can count that against them. I, I really think they can make some noise there. Yeah, I think uh, in the in the questionnaire sent back by Coach Foster, she said that two of their top players, uh, Caroline Schroeder and one of the higher sisters, uh, both missed some time in the middle of the season. I think they lost like seven straight matches uh, during that span where they were out. And so, uh, with them with with them back full strength, uh, I think they they are really dangerous down there in the seven seed. And so, watch out for Wheatland Grinnell. But Lebo's a team on a mission, and uh, and we'll see if they can get it done and get the program's first state title. Um, Keisha covered. We'll have previews of every team that has qualified for state. We did capsules on every single team and every classification. And then we've also have uh, some storylines out later today, highlighting just some different intriguing uh, storylines for state, including uh, Lansing reloading, Washburn Rural going after its title again, uh, the Frontier League, uh, unexpected twist uh, with the Frontier League teams getting to state, uh, and the mother-daughter combo of, of Andale's Kaylee Bergkamp and Gina Clark um, and their quest to, to bring home state titles. So check out Keisha Covered later on today on Thursday. For all your state volleyball preview coverage, and uh, and then it should be a great weekend of volleyball in, in all those sites. And then also on Saturday, coming up is state cross country, class six a, five a, and three a will be contested at Rimrock Park, Rimrock, uh, back at Rimrock after a couple year hiatus. Um, and I know that's an exciting thing. Um, it's not a great thing for trying to tweet out results or send out any information from there because of the, uh, the wireless headaches, uh, Wi-Fi headaches out there. But, uh, 
there should be some great races out there in, in Class 6A and Class 5A, and Mac will be there covering that for us. And Mac, uh, you know, take a look at 6A and 5A, and what, what, do you, what strikes you about those classes? Well, uh, you know, uh, number one, I want everybody to uh, just know that my coverage will be great the moment I get home. I'm not too far away from Rimrock Farm, uh, but yeah, the live coverage will be scant. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, n- big story for uh, me, I've talked about it all season, uh, the Olathe West uh, girls in 6A, uh, you know, that's one that, uh, you know, they're going for that three-peat. And I mean, honestly, it might be a more dominant team than it's been in years past. Uh, they, they have, uh, you know, each uh, member of the team, nobody graduated. So uh, uh, these upperclassmen now that just keep getting better every year, uh, the the depth of the team, they've added a freshman now that's uh, been able to, to, to place really high with the, the same core group that they've had. So uh, that's definitely one uh, I know. Uh, people people should watch for uh in in 5a uh you know you 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 have uh st james academy is one uh, that is uh just a, a really good team a lot of depth so that'll probably be the one to look for in, in girls uh you know in in 5a uh boys uh, you have you know uh quite a quite a quite a few teams i'm not sure uh who i would say exactly uh is the 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 front runner but uh you don't always you don't have to look too much further than aquinas uh they they have a really good team but they end up getting uh, edged out by the blue valley southwest boys at the ekl meet uh so uh, up and down uh 5a uh, expect to have uh some some really good teams yeah, I'll, just to take the baton on 3A, I, you know, Wichita Trinity's boys down here in the Wichita area have had just a, a outstanding season. Uh, I think they're regarded as one of the deeper teams in the small classes that that that, uh, has, that the small classes have produced in a while, and uh, they're they're led by junior Clay Shively, who uh, was part of that rocket fast uh, Olathe Twilight meet. Uh, was one of the one of the Kansas kids that ran under 15 minutes at that, and uh, although. You know, Clay didn't win his regional at Fredonia, so uh, Trinity is always—they've kind of intrigued me this year. They're they, when they want to be, when they flip the switch, they are as dominant as anybody in any class, I think. But uh, um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, can can bring it all together at Rimrock, because I don't think that's a course they're real familiar with. They're they're not one of the frequent participants in, at Rimrock, and I'm not sure how many of their kids have run up there. But uh, you know, they're they are regarded as one of the you know the the top team in 3A after winning the boys title at Wamigo a year ago. So uh, that that's definitely a, a contender in 3A boys. And then 5A, it, you know, 5A with the girls individually, I, I, you know, I've talked about Caitlin Roop in past uh, uh, podcast and, and Caitlin's the Salina Central sophomore uh, who's just had an outstanding first season across country. She didn't run cross country because uh, uh, the Salina school district has restrictions on dual sport athletes and she played tennis as a freshman. Um, they have restrictions for on freshmen playing two sports at one time. And, and so she chose tennis last year and then had a great track season uh, has carried that on into cross country and, and run, as it has the state's fastest uh, girls time at 1724. Uh, she set the course record to, to win the regional at Lake Barton and great bend uh, last week and had a chance to talk with Caitlin this week. And uh, you know, what is it the kids say? She's got that, she's got that dog in her. She is, 
she is a very polite, humble, nice kid, but, but you can tell she is just a great competitor. And, and, uh, you know, she out at that regional knew that, uh, Stanton County's Chesney Peterson, another, uh, elite runner, uh, was going to be running in the two A regional at Lake Barton that day. And, and even though they didn't get to run against each other, she was motivated to put up a time that, that, uh, uh you know, set the bar really high for, for Chesney to, to, uh, to, to follow and Chesney ended up setting a PR in her, in her 2A regional. So, uh, Caitlin is definitely one to watch. Uh, she told me she's, she's definitely got some rock chalk Jayhawk blood in her and, and, uh, really likes the idea of running a state meet at Rimrock, which is KU's home course. And, and so, uh, you know, keep an eye on, on her race with, you know, I would say Kansas City Piper's Grace Hansen, the senior will be one, uh, to see if, to see if she can really challenge, uh, Roop, uh, uh, she ran her best time of the season at, at regional at, Topeka, at, the, at the Topeka West Regional, and they ran head to head at Rimrock earlier this season. Uh, Roop won that by 50 seconds, but uh, I think Roop would welcome a challenge from Hanson to, to push her along uh, this weekend at Rimrock. So uh, that'll be you know pr- pretty interesting interesting race to watch is that maybe the head to head battle between those two at, at at Lawrence this weekend. Yeah, I'm starting to like Roop more and more. Yeah, yeah, I knew you would. I knew you'd like that little. little... <laughs> and, uh, class three and Trinity has been great, uh, and they're going to have to be great because Southeast Saline's boys have been right there with them as their top rival over the last few years. Uh, you know, Trinity knocked Southeast uh, off its perch to, as after they had won a couple straight, and now Southeast is going to try to do the same. And uh, you know, they don't have that dominating guy like Dylan Sprecher, who was last year's individual state champion, but. They've got four guys that have just really performed at a high level, at least two or three meets this year. They've gone one, two, three, four at those meets. So uh, Southeast Saline boys haven't been beat this year and haven't seen Trinity this year, where last year they raced against each other. I think it was four times is what Coach uh, Wade Castleman told me. And this year they the schedules just didn't match up to where they met each other. And so it'll be interesting to see how that battle takes place because Southeast Saline has come back very strong this year. Uh, Southeast also has the number one team in, in girls with their uh, their girls squad, which also was state champions last year. Um, they lost Gentry Alderson, who was the individual champion. And they really don't have that that lead dog, as, as you might say, uh, to go out there and really do that. But they've got four or five girls that are pretty steady and pretty good at running in that pack. And they, they said they're going to try to get three or four in the top 20 and kind of see where the pieces fall. So, Southeast Saline girls uh, and boys both looking to make runs in, in Class 3A. Uh, Class 2A, you know, Stanton County's Chesney Peterson, what can you say about her? I mean, one of the all-time greats the state has seen in, in both uh, cross-country and track. And Ricky, she looks like she's on the course uh, to just have another awesome finish to her senior season. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, Stanton County's coach, Mike Mike Horton, uh, you know, he didn't want her to get overly wrapped up in trying to beat beat Roop's time at regional. He just wanted her to he just wanted her to go out and you know race to run a good race, and she did that. She set a PR um, seventeen thirty thirteen forty four. So obviously, you know, just probably one of the most decorated distance runners we've had, considering what she's done in cross country and track and field. Um, in cross country, she'll be going for her third, uh, and. You know, obviously, Standing County girls are the are the team to beat uh, on the in the team race. Uh, 
Suzanne Farnham's another really talented runner for them. Uh, Madison Seib is just a great story for them. Uh, she was involved in a very, very serious uh, car wreck two years ago, I believe. And, uh, or maybe, yeah, maybe just a little over a year ago. Um, she And she was able to come back at the end of last season. And this year she's kind of back, back to form. So, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be the team to beat in 2A on the on. The boys' side, it'll be uh, kind of interesting. Stanton County's the the defending champs, but they they lost a lot off that team. They do return the last year's individual state champion and Cameron Golub. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure they can repeat, but I think they can. They can uh, really put together a, a good a good performance there. Yeah, I think that that two A race will be interesting. You know, like you said, Stanton County may not have the heavyweights or may not have the day that it had last year. Uh, for the boys, but uh, uh, but they'll I, I certainly think they'll still be in in the you know in the hunt. Uh, you know, Mead, the defending one A champion, has moved up to two A this year. They're another team that'll be in that two A boys race. Uh, but really, the the two A boys uh, this year is kind of centered centered around the Heart of America League, and and Berean Academy has moved into the number one spot in the two A rankings uh, ahead of Hutchinson Trinity and and. Uh, uh, Marion uh, was also in there. So the, those three have kind of been duking it out. And Berean has really come on strong uh, here late in the season. Uh, they won the Heart of America League meet and then turned around and won the re- their regional as well. And and Andrew Harder um, had kind of a disappointing, maybe a disappointing run for him last year at the state cross-country meet, finishing 12th. But uh, he came back in the spring and, and won the 2A 1600 and 3200 titles. So, um, you know, I'd expect him to maybe be a, a, a challenge for uh, – uh, for Cameron uh, from Stanton County and the for Galoob and the St- from Stanton County in the in that boys race. So, um, but but yeah, I think Stanton County probably won't give that up without a fight. But but uh, I think there are some teams here in the, the in the central part of the state in two A that that uh, uh, you know could give them a challenge. Uh, you know, moving on to one A, uh, I'll, I'll swing it back to you, Ricky. It looks like Quinter. Uh, you know, Quinter. Yeah, maybe. I mean they. I I talked to their coach uh, Ed Mincy earlier earlier last week and you know he the numbers they have are pretty incredible for for a 1A school. I mean they got I think they have nine boys and and six girls and that uh, that's 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 pretty good for a 1A school. Um you know last year they only had four girls run at state and they were still able to win the state championship state championship. So, um you know, I just think that's that's a pretty cool story and uh you know, I think they're probably the favorites on the boys' side, maybe, and on the girls' side. Uh, I know Nest City has a really good team too, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, you know, on the girls' individual race, uh, defending champ uh, Emma Weiner. She, I think, she has to be the favorite. Um, you know, I got a quote from her, her coach earlier this week, and she's really, really happy with how Emma's running. She's just been really consistent um, all year long. Then on the boys' side, I'll be honest with you. Um, they last year's last year's champ graduated uh, uh, from Spearville, so I I I think the boys' race is kind of wide open. I don't I'm not sure what you guys think, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the boys on the individual race. Yeah, it should be a good boys' race uh, individually. A lot of uh, a lot of strong runners, no dominating runner out there. It seems like this year and. And it'll be interesting to see what the the Weiner girl from Garden Plain does without running on a broken leg at state like she did last year. So, 
Uh, maybe she can oh, yeah. go out and be yeah. We got to mention that be even yeah. more dominant uh, with two two fully uh, functioning legs rather than uh, somehow somehow beating a really good field last year with a broken leg. I don't I, I don't know if I could make it from my door to my car with a broken leg. And Mac, you had experience with uh, leg issues last year right around this time. And uh, so <laughs> let's uh, let's all let's all keep our legs healthy this uh, this week and. Uh, and enjoy state. Uh, you know, one A and two A will be at, at class four A and at, at Wamigo along with class four A. We kind of skipped over class four A there as we were talking about <laughs> six five and three in uh, Rimrock, but in class four A, uh, Wamigo boys. You know, Wamigo is just one of those programs that just it's synonymous with cross country. They just that's what they do. That's what they're good at. But it's been a while since they've captured a team title. But they've really had a strong year, and they're the heavy favorite going into the. Uh, into the 4A boys race. And, you know, last year we had just some outstanding individuals in 4A boys in terms of yeah. Tanner Newkirk and Sawyer of Hayden, Sawyer Schmidt of Augusta and Tanner Lindahl of uh, Bueller. And uh, they're not quite the name individuals in 4A, but I think it should be a good team battle between Wamigo and Bueller for that title. And on the girls' side, uh, it's going to be a stunner if anybody beats Eudora. Uh, they've been dominant this year. They got two of the best runners in 4A in uh, Sydney Owens and Hannah Keltner, and they were the defending champions. And again, it's going to be a it'll be a surprise if somebody steps up and uh, and knocks off Eudora in Class 4A girls. So that's a little bit of a primer for state cross country. Um, we will have primers, uh, little storylines going up on our website, Arcacia Covered, on Friday for your state cross country uh, preview. And um, it should be a good weekend. It uh, looks like it's going to be some decent weather. Might be a little cool, but uh, should be dry. So hopefully we have some great races this weekend. Um, and we're also into the postseason for soccer. And this uh, starting tonight, football as well. And, and soccer um, began this week. Uh, had some regionals start on Monday and Tuesday. And uh, – They'll get get it going here. Regional finals tonight in most classes. Uh, quarterfinals next Tuesday, and then state will be next uh, next Friday and Saturday. And and uh, you know a lot of familiar faces are back. Uh, you know Blue Valley West had a lot of turnover in Class Six A, um, and has had a great season. Olathe West also lost some great players. They've had some great seasons. And Dodge City looks like they're back. Uh, Mac and Ricky, uh, you guys want to talk a little bit, just touch on some 6A soccer uh, with some of the teams from your area. Mac, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, I mean, for, for most of, uh, you know, the, the first round of regionals, uh, you know, not a lot of upsets. Everybody kind of kept moving on. Mill Valley is uh, the, the top team in the, the East uh, 13, one and one this year, uh, really good team. Uh, late the West is defending champs. They're the two seed 15 and two. Uh, they'll be, they'll have a pretty tough battle, uh, tonight against the the South. Uh, but it, everything kind of went to form except for, you know, you mentioned blue Valley West did have a great year, a lot of turnover, new coach. And they're trying to, uh, you know, uh, I don't think a lot of people thought they would for sure, uh, get a EKL uh, title this year. They get a share of it. But uh, as we know, uh, you win an EKL, there's a good chance you win a state title. Well, if that's going to hold up, it won't be Blue Valley West. Uh, they end up losing to Olathe East in the first round 1-0. That's the only real big surprise in 6A. 
and so it, I guess it'll be left up to Blue Valley Southwest and 5A to kind of keep that, uh, you know, rule of thumb going. They they were the other co-champion. So if they can uh, go for their repeat state championship, uh, they'll keep uh, that alive. But, uh, you know, everything's kind of gone to form, but there should be yep. some You're really good matchups here the in the regional finals with most of these teams. Wichita East and Derby. Um, all familiar faces that are, are used to advancing pretty deep in the in the 6A bracket. And, you know, looking at 5A, Scott, May South has been very impressive this season. Yeah, just absolutely been on a rampage this season. They were winning winning games by big margins. And, and uh, you know, with quality play, I think that's probably the thing that's impressed me most is they're, they really have taken every game, you know, even the, the ones where they'd be heavily favored really seriously. And they – they have been dynamite. They were they were fantastic the other night in their regional semifinal, and and uh, that their their star player is, is uh, junior uh, Vidor Jaramel, and he set the uh, a school record with uh, up to thirty five goals now this season. So he's um, you know just had an outstanding season after after the Mavericks finished second in five A last year, and, and they host Cape and Mount Carmel yeah, uh, on Thursday night here in the regional final. Uh, it's a rematch of, of last year's regional final and. And Capen, Capen picked up a nice overtime win at at, Bishop, at their rival Bishop Carroll the other night, and and so, uh, you know, they're riding a little bit of a, a wave of momentum. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, kind of look look at it, uh, shifting over to the western half of, of the four through one A bracket, and, and there's some really good teams. You know, Bueller is it is a is a is it sixteen and one right now, um, and Independence is at fifteen one and one, but I would. Uh, you know, I think these these quarter or these uh, regional finals tonight and four through one, it'll be interested interesting just because I think the the teams that are on the road all have losing records, but they they each load up on 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 the schedule and are really battle tested. So I think I think the the four Western uh, regional finals tonight: Hayden at Bueller, uh, Wichita Classical at Independence, Wichita Trinity at Rose Hill, and and McPherson at Augusta. Uh, you know, I wouldn't just pencil in the, the home team automatically on those games, uh, you know, tonight. I think there could be some surprises or at least record wise uh, coming out of four through one a, but, uh, but yeah, clearly, you know, going back to your, your comment on May South, they have really been fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, going to the East side of four, a, I think some of that, uh, what Scott was talking about on the West holds true. You look at uh, Bishop Miege is on the road tonight. Lewisburg is on the road tonight. Eudora is on the road. And uh, and all three of those programs have been very strong. Eudora knocked off Tonkinoxie, um on Tuesday in penalty kicks. But I have a little bit bigger of a challenge taking on Baldwin. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see a Lewisburg and Bishop Miege be road winners tonight. So we could be seeing some uh, interesting results in Class 4A tonight. Uh, across the state and in 5A on the east. Uh, Mac, usually we're talking a lot about Aquinas and Blue Valley Southwest. And, uh, you know, I think Blue Valley Southwest obviously still uh, still one of those teams that we got to look at as, as maybe the favorite to win Class 5A if it's not May South. But uh, and then Aquinas is one of those teams that just whenever it comes postseason time, you know that they're going to be in the, in the mix. Yeah, I mean, Aquinas definitely uh, probably the best six nine and two team I've ever seen going up against uh, Baser Linwood. Uh, part of that record being uh, some forfeited games due to uh, ineligible players. So uh, that's one of those things that 
uh, makes you feel really sorry for the the Pittsburgh uh, Colgan combo team uh, that was the three seed in the East Regional. Uh, they were ten four and one, and I don't think uh, in, in, until they found out about those forfeited Aquinas games, thought they were going to be facing what is possibly the best team in the class. Uh, so that ends up becoming an eight zero uh, win for Aquinas there. Uh, you know, looking at uh, you know St. James Academy, another one that you know six and ten. Uh, they're going to be a lot uh, better than that record, and they showed it uh, beating Spring Hill 3-1, uh, Spring Hill being the number four seed in the East region. Uh, they'll go up against Shawnee Heights, and uh, you know, just looking at that end, you're going to have uh, you know, a potential uh, you know, title contender in Aquinas there. Obviously, you know, in the top half of the bracket, uh, Blue Valley Southwest mentioned it earlier. Uh, they have a chance to keep that going as, uh, you know, a co EKL champion that can, uh, you know, go on and, and win a state title. Uh, you know, they, they lost a few, uh, top players, but we know what that Blue Valley Southwest team does. They, they reload and they're just as strong, uh, as ever. And so it'll be interesting, uh, to, to see, uh, you know, them go up against, uh, DeSoto and then, uh, Sumner Academy is the, the, the one seed who just had an amazing year, 14, two and one. We know that the, maybe the competition in the Meadowlark is not, uh, as strong as the, the EKL, but, uh, even when they play out a conference, uh, they have been an extremely strong team, get a four Oh win over Leavenworth in that first round. So they'll go up against, uh, Highland park, a team that they've already shown they can beat. We'll see if, uh, how that one, uh, plays out, but, you know, I, you know, if you had to ask me to pick who's the front runner, uh, you know, Blue Valley Southwest right now, but, uh, you know, be careful of that six, nine and two, uh, Aquinas team that, uh, record very deceptive. Yeah. And, uh, when we have our next podcast, we'll be recapping what happened in the uh, state championship soccer matches. Uh, those will take place before we do our before we do our next podcast. So we will recap some of that uh, in our next podcast. We'll also recap how state volleyball and state cross country went and dive deep into the football postseason, which begins tonight. And not a ton of intriguing games across the state, which first round the playoff games can be. But we will have uh, later today on our website uh, some some intriguing matchups in each class. Uh, one, one game per class that just kind of stuck out to us as a as a game to watch, but uh, we'll really dive into football with our next podcast. And so with that, uh, we will sign off for this week. Uh, another great show, another great job, guys. Uh, a lot to cover. And uh, and before we know it, we'll be starting to talk about some winter sports here coming up soon and football playoffs and football state championships. Uh, so thanks uh, for everybody for tuning in. Thanks again to Jacob Mann for the uh, intro song. Um, catch him on Apple Music and Spotify, and we will see you next time.